And I think in that moment, I realized I'm not surrounding myself with the right people. And that was a big aha moment for me because I can't be the best version of me. I can't be a good parent. I can't be a good entrepreneur. I can't, it's hard to be good at anything that I really want to be good at if I'm not supported in the right way by the right kind of people. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an outstanding guest today. Dana Malstaff is the CEO and founder of Boss Mom. She is a mother, author, speaker, business strategist, podcaster, blind spot reducer, and movement maker. She launched the Boss Mom brand with her first book, Boss Mom, the ultimate guide to raising a business and nurturing your family like a pro, and quickly grew to a six-figure business within a year. Now she has over 10,000 students in various courses which help women all over the world raise their businesses and babies at the same time. She believes that pursuing our passions and building our dreams while including our children in the process is the best way to build thriving businesses and families. And ultimately, we need to show our children that doing what we love can be financially viable. Dana, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here. Well, I am equally excited. This is a show that I've been looking forward to for a very long time, and here you are. So as you know, what I love to do is I love to find out people's whys because their stories are so powerful and important, and you weren't always boss mom. So take us back to the beginning of what started you on this path, and and then we'll go from there moving forward. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned that, that I wasn't always boss mom because that's one of the things uh, I talk about actually in the my first book, which is how Boss Mom was really born. And that's that we, we all had really full, vibrant lives before we became parents. And, and we forget that, right? We think we've started this new chapter and we lose our identity. And that's a little bit of where it all began is I quit my job and was going to start my own consulting business and basically immediately got pregnant. I think my body said, oh, okay, you're not going to be stressed out and work 15-hour days. We should probably have babies. And and from that, that moment, I wanted to be an amazing entrepreneur. And I knew I'd always wanted to be one. And I wanted to be an amazing parent. I knew I'd always wanted to be one. I had literally no idea I had to do either one. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how to really prepare. There's no amount of books there's no amount of podcasts. There's no amount of anything that can truly prepare you for the emotional roller coaster that is parenting and entrepreneurship. And they're very similar. They're both like having and raising babies. And I felt really isolated. I felt really sad. I felt really guilty that I was maybe taking love away from the child I was about to have by wanting to have this business. I felt really bad that I didn't really want to be a stay-at-home mom, that that wasn't really my calling. I felt really envious of the women that it was their calling. 
And I didn't feel like I was surrounded by people who got me when I talked about you know, wanting to have this business and starting this business. And when I talked about doing that and having kids, I felt like people looked at me like I was strange. Like, no, just go back and get a job like normal people do. Or stay home like normal people do. And so I had my son and I still felt the exact same way. And when he was about three months old, I decided... Well, basically, I was sitting in a cafe and I was working. And you know, my son was sort of in the little rocker thing next to me. And I... Uh, saw this woman and I saw it was her mother, this woman and a, and her baby. And I just started crying. And I realized I wanted to be closer to my family. We were in Columbus at the time and I wanted to be closer in California. It was obviously not a hard sell to tell my husband that he, you know, hey, could we move out to California? He's like, I'll quit my job tomorrow. That'll be easy. <laughs> it was like a negative 11 degrees. And when we moved out to California, something magical happened. And it was that we shifted to an environment where having a, a business of your own was not strange. And where being a woman who had kids and had to have a business of your own was not strange. And I went from this place of feeling alienated and isolated and alone and unsure and unconfident and guilty to this place where I was surrounded by women who were like, I love what you're doing. This is amazing. And when it came time, uh, an opportunity came up to be able to write a book, which I'm a journalism major, I'd always wanted to do. I seized it and I thought I was going to write a business book, but I didn't. I wrote a book about how I felt about how to get past that guilt, about how we're not taking away from the love of our kids to do what we're passionate about, that it's important to show our kids that doing what we love is financially viable, showing them that work is not a negative word and showing them that we don't leave our kids to go to work, that there's an integration that can be there. And from there, that book just went went so well. So many women identified with it that we basically boss-mommed everything else since. So tell us, tell us the book's title. It is Boss Mom, The Ultimate Guide to Raising a Business and Nurturing a Family Like a Pro. So when this book came out, this was a paradigm shift for you. And it's interesting because in describing the story, Danny, you mentioned the word guilty three or four times. Mm, So obviously, this was weighing heavy on you. You saw the mother and the child and, and you started to cry. So in that moment, was it the light bulb that I want to do something better or were you were you actually was it the opposite were you afraid that if you didn't it was going to really impact your ability to be that parent you want to be Well I well in the moment when I saw the family I think I realized I didn't have any support right like we were kind of this isolated family surrounded by people that didn't really get us um we hadn't really acclimated to a ton of friends and I think in that moment I realized I'm not surrounding myself with the right people And that was a big aha moment for me because I can't be the best version of me. I can't be a good parent. I can't be a good entrepreneur. I can't... It's hard to be good at anything that I really want to be good at if I'm not supported in the right way by the right kind of people. And it's not anybody's malicious intent to not support me. It's not you know anything that anybody means to do. It's just sometimes we have to proactively make sure we're surrounded by people and in, in the environment that can help cultivate the things that we want to be and not uh, make it an uphill battle. So I think that was the aha moment I had at that moment. I think I the the guilt that I talk about and I and I teach to women now about how to get past it is really about decision making and what I call decision confidence. I think that I really when I finally realized that the guilt I felt was simply because I wasn't sure I was making the right decisions, so I always felt bad about the choices I was making. Wow, if I, you know, if my if I send my kid to daycare for 5 hours so that I can work at home, 
is that a good decision? Am I being a bad mom? Right? Or if if this is this, if I have to drop everything for work and cancel these client meetings because my kid is sick, is that mean I'm not a good entrepreneur? Am I making the right decision? So I think the guilt comes from me and everybody else not being confident in the decisions we're making. And that's when it hit me. I think the aha moment I had was, wait a second, what what would give me decision confidence? Like what would make me feel good about the choices I'm making? And what it comes down to is making a conscious assessment of what your priorities are, making a conscious assessment of what you care about, a conscious assessment that my business has to take priority because I'm in this launch and I've set this up so that if my kid gets a fever, um, that you know my husband can take care of them or I have a babysitter coming over. Or if they have to go to the hospital, this launch doesn't matter. Like setting my priorities and recognizing that I'm making conscious decisions every day of what works and what doesn't work for me, not for what society says, not for what I think somebody else thinks, but what the priorities are for me and recognizing that those are right for me and my family. Like that took away the guilt. That decision confidence took away the guilt. And I think that that was probably the big aha moment that I had. And it sounds like part of that is setting appropriate boundaries based on where you are in your priorities at that time as well. A hundred percent, a hundred percent prior. I mean, boundaries are so hard for women. They're so hard. I, I was talking to some girls in one of my programs earlier and I was talking about wanting to help people is very similar to an addiction for women. There are so many women that would rather be helpful than be profitable. And it becomes very challenging for women to run businesses because they want so much to go above and beyond. They want so much to be helpful because they know that they can, that they actually detract from their ability to have viable businesses. And they detract from their ability to not get stressed out. And they detract from their ability to be happy and to be calm and be you know, the person that they want to be because there is this yearning and this fulfillment that we feel by being helpful. And it, and it becomes an addiction. And that's one of the things is you've got to get past that. We've got to set, like you said, boundaries. I talk about you, you, you're scope creeping. Stop doing that with your clients. Stop doing that with your friends. Stop doing that with your family. Like set those boundaries and then let people know what those boundaries are. Let yourself know what those boundaries are. Because the second you start to scope creep, that's when bad stuff starts to happen. It makes a massive positive impact when you know what your parameters are. So we've got decision confidence. We've got strong, healthy boundaries. What's the next piece? I think you... I mean, you talked about your your why. I think you got to know what on earth is getting you up in the morning. You know, I think in order to set boundaries and to make good decisions and know, you know, consciously what your priorities are, you got to know why you're doing what you're doing. And the way we set those up usually or at least I do with me and my life and my friends and my clients is we have three categories. We have financial, we have environmental, and we have emotional. And we look at what do we want in life? What do we want in the future in those three areas? And you know, financially is relatively easy, you know, of what you want to make, what you want to keep, what you what you want to, you know, have. But emotionally is one of the ones that we don't generally look at. And that's how do I, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel empowered? Do I want to feel in control? Do I want to feel calm? Do I want to feel free? Do I want to feel confident? You know, what is it that I actually want to feel going into the future next year, the year after that? And those emotions are 
very different for different people, right? And then environmentally, what do I want to be surrounded by? Who do I want to be surrounded by? What things? Do I want a bigger home? Do I want a smaller home? Do I want to be able to move or travel whenever I want? Do I want someplace that feels like my rock and my foundation? Do I want you know more people or less people around me? What kind of people and how do I want to interact with those people? And setting those parameters for us about what we actually want, that can massively help us make decisions about what I'm doing today. Is that helping me to get to one of those three categories in the future? Dan, I think it's really interesting how you shared that because a lot of people talk about the financial piece and the environmental piece. Uh, Almost everywhere in entrepreneurship, people Mm -hmm. are talking about those things, but people are rarely talking about the emotions other than you'll feel good when you're accomplishing your goals and having all this money in that. But I, I love, I love that you've dialed that back. And, you know, in psychology, we talk about self-care. In psychology, we talk about doing the things that, you know, kind of refresh you. You know, Stephen Covey talks about sharpening the saw, but you're basically saying that, no, it's more than that. It's that you have to find, you know, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel pride? Do you want to feel excited. And I think that's really refreshing and neat. Oh, thanks. I'm so curious too to ask people that question and to work with people on that question because I think the asking, you know, the the why, like everybody wants the why. Uh, but I think there's a lot of work that has to happen for you to get clarity on on that. You know, that's I mean, that's the ultimate question. That's the question we ask ourselves year after year, and we change and we morph, and our why shifts, and our purpose shifts, and what we care about, and what we want shifts. And to me, that how we want to feel like that's almost one of those core value things. And the more we learn about ourselves, the more we hone into what that is. And that becomes that gut feeling that people talk about. Like you get to actually start feeling really confident about what that means and when to listen to it. And is it my gut? Is it my fear? Is it, you know, is it because I'm getting closer to this thing? Is it I'm getting farther away from this thing? And I, I really like the idea of deciding how you want to feel and then thinking about what that means for you and what that means to the kind of business that you're building and the kind of life that you're building and the kind of people that you're starting. So to me, the emotional part's the first part. The environment and the finances are the things that are kind of the consequence of if we're doing the emotional part right. I agree and I love it. So walk me through a scenario. Say a mom comes to you who's never been an entrepreneur, had any business experience, has a great idea, but comes to you with with all of these things you talked about, the terror, the guilt, <laughs> and the, the mm-hmm. all of these other things. Walk us through the beginning of the process of becoming the boss mom. Yeah, sure. Well, my one of my favorite phrases is that there's clarity in the doing, right? There, that I I believe that action is the thing that moves us forward. I mean, quite literally, like movement and creating a movement is and momentum. They're all uh, words that just you know denote movement, right? That no, we're actually taking action. And so usually what women come to me and they say, okay, I've got an idea. I'm going to start this business. So if you could just help me lay out this entire year and get a whole plan and get everything figured out and get everything all laid out nice and perfect, then I'll just implement it and it's going to be great. And they they get a little taken aback when I say, yeah, that's that's just not how it works. You know, I mean, and if, if you think that's how it works and you're just getting started, then you're going to be really stressed out because that's, that is not, you are going to literally change your mind so many times in the next six months. You're going to question yourself. You're going to 
you're literally going through the adolescence or the pregnancy stage, you know, or the birthing stage of life. Only you're doing it with your business. You think that clarity is going to happen right away just by me telling you a couple things. You could listen to every podcast in the world and read every book and talk to every person. And it's not going to give you the clarity until we dive in. And that clarity is going to move you and shift you. So I first let them know that, which is generally a big a big shift for people. And it's a big mindset thing for people because they think, oh, someone's just going to give me a plan and I'm going to implement it. And I'm, I tell them, hey, you're in a discovery phase of, of life right now. Like, And your business is your baby and you're making decisions that, that are bigger than you think. And they're also smaller than you think. Like at the same... Strangely, at the same time. And so what we need to do is we need to bite-size, just take action. And that's when we do... Uh, we call it your path. And we basically dig into, okay... We're going to... And I give them a time. This is timed basically because women can literally spend months and months and months in this space overthinking it and trying to have perfection and clarity. And what I say is we're going to do a rough draft of your plan, like a rough draft of your of what it is you want. And that's where we do the future planning, which is your environmental, your you know financial and your emotional. We talk about you know breaking out what your tribe is and what that looks like and breaking out what your purpose is and breaking out what your gift is, but we have it timed. You're only allowed to spend an hour going through this and you just have to write down what feels good right now. And then we're going to go back to it and we're going to go back to it. And so I tell them that if you're doing this right, that you're going to be on business plan version 10.0 in the next three months and you're going to have great clarity and confidence about what you're doing. Because instead of trying to get it perfect right up front, we're just taking action and taking steps. And in the steps and in the action, we are going to be okay with imperfection because it's going to give us the clarity to get it right later on. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. It's funny, you mentioned that women will sit and perseverate for months waiting for things to be perfect. I think that's true of all people. And it's often the case that it is fear that paralyzes us. And we're waiting for the stars to align in order Mm -hmm. to take that first step. But what you're saying is clarity through action, because we can always adjust on the fly. But if we never get started, then there's no fixing that. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite exercises, I was actually doing a talk at a a women's meetup um, last week. And and I was telling them, we talk, we were talking about your movement because I believe instead of selling products and services, the best way it, you know, to actually grow your business is to build a brand worth following, right? Which is all about the movement. So the Boss Mom movement is more than just me teaching you how to run a business. It's based on, on a feeling, on a connection that women have. And I want women to find that. So we were working through exercises how to do that. And you know, we go through the like, I believe dot, dot, dot. And I want to live in a world where... And this is what I know to be true and going through that exercise. And one of the women, um, she, she was like, well, I'm just not sure what I believe in. She's like, sure, I'm not sure what my movement is. And I said, oh, well, then this is the exercise. Go to people that you trust and connect with, you know, family, friends, 
And just ask them to challenge you and make statements. You know, like, hey, uh, do you believe that you should shower every day? Like, hey, like, I really think that we should sit down and write a book and you should just write every day. Or I believe that this is the thing that's the most important. And just ask people to make statements to you and see what you're willing to argue about. Because it's just like with kids. They say, let kids be in the playground. Don't stop them when there is, you know, kids, someone takes a toy from somebody. See what they're willing to fight for. That kid is going to make a decision about how much they care about that toy, whether they're willing to argue about it or whether they're just going to say, yeah, I don't really care. I'm going to go move on to the next thing. And that's important in development for kids. It's the same for us. If you want clarity, ask people to challenge you. Ask people to say things that that you may or may not believe in or care about because you will all of a sudden get your ears perked up and go, oh, no, 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 no. I do not believe that. And here is why. Here's what I do believe. Or gosh, that sounds interesting. Let's discuss that. And you get clarity in that. So I love it. If you aren't sure about clarity in some of these places, get people that you know to make random statements to you about potential things that you could believe in and just see what you're willing to argue about. What a fun exercise. Really, really cool. So you, and you mentioned the parallel to development. That's absolutely right with kids. So I want to stick with the development theme as it relates to the boss mom movement, because you put out this book. The book was well received. Talk to us about what kind of things boss moms doing today. Yeah. So I, it's a lot about community. When I, let me put it this way. In my corporate background, I dealt a lot with community. Um, We went in and we worked with companies that were growing. We wanted to create engaged, healthy employees. And then I was uh, able to participate in the company uh, that I worked, the last company I worked with. Um, And I've always been with startups. And this last company, it was growing really fast. And I got the opportunity for a facilitator to come in and he pulled different people from various levels in the organization and we did this exercise, this multi-week you know, week exercise where everybody came together we, and we brainstormed and he facilitated us collectively coming up with the growth strategy from a community standpoint, from a connectivity standpoint, from a culture standpoint in this business. And I got selected as one of the co-facilitators, so the assistant facilitators. The, the gentleman who did that actually ended up becoming one of my very first like all-time favorite mentors. And he uh, he's one of the people that told me, you have to write a book and you have to quit your job and start a consulting business. And he was just amazingly influential. But that all the teachings I learned from that job of that facilitation and of what we were doing with organizations as my particular role dictated, I was given this opportunity to really dig into behavioral psychology. And I was you know, partnering with people who were going in and sitting with employees and listening to the company culture and understanding it. And I read a ton of books and I took a ton of courses. And, and I took everything from that. And I, and I said, I want to create a community that way. I don't want to just start a Facebook group. I don't want to just write a book and have some people. I want to consider the boss mom movement as a culture. I want to decide as if everybody that was a boss mom worked in the same office in the same building. And I was deciding how you feel when you walk through those doors and how you de- how decide how, you, how comfortable you feel with sharing and what offices you feel like you can go into and who you feel like you can talk with and how you feel like you represent yourself and all of those things. I want to make those decisions. And I want to create a space that cultivates that feeling. And one of the most important things to me is think tanking. 
if I, I do believe that guilt comes from lack of decision confidence, therefore, the best way I can support people is to help people make decisions. So I wanted to create a space and a culture that's a think tank culture because everybody gets so scared to share things and ask questions because they think it sounds salesy online. I wanted to create a space where people can promote themselves and build buzz about themselves while also actually getting assistance in making decisions in their business. And I built the culture that way. And now I'm, I'm, you know, we just hit over 26,000 girls in the Facebook group. We've got a vibrant, you know, in person community. Once this comes out, we'll have launched our um, international meetups. And we've we've stayed true to that. We've really truly created a culture that women have entire their entire business, their team, their clients, their friends are all in the boss mom community. We've cultivated a space where women actually help each other make decisions, help each other run their businesses, hire each other to run their businesses. And it's like a thriving ecosystem. And that that was what I wanted to build. And that's what I continue to protect every day. I love the way you say protected. I think that it, as you said in the very beginning, this is your baby and you're watching it grow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and if you look at the, from a Facebook group standpoint, I get asked a lot. They're like, why aren't you growing faster? Because we are organic growth. I don't push a lot of ads to anything, anything like that. And we actually don't, we, we almost don't let as many people in as we let in. And we, and I pay somebody who is called the gatekeeper and it's her exclusive job to let people in and kick people out. We have ambassadors and I have a community manager. And all of those things are really important to me because, you know, you, if you don't pay attention, then you can throw off the balance of a culture, right? And people can get that, they get that one weird feeling or that one thing that doesn't set right with your culture. People can feel it, it resonates out. And then it takes more time and effort to fix that thing. So yeah, I, like I, protecting is a, is a true word because I protect the culture over making, you know, having more numbers in and getting more people in just to have more people. Dana, tell us a little bit more about these international meetups you're planning. Yeah. So we started getting... Uh, I mean, it's a lot of work, by the way. If anybody's thinking about starting meetups, like it's work to manage, right? Especially because I, I, Boss Mom is a trademarked brand. And apparently, you know, there's a ton of people who think they can use Boss Mom. I actually like have a team and a lawyer that I pay. And every month I pay to manage my trademark. So, so just recognize that uh, for anybody listening... Meetups are amazing and they also take a lot of work. <laughs> so that's my disclaimer there. So we hadn't done them yet, but we kept getting these women going, Hey, I want to meet up with some of these boss moms. Hey, I want everybody to meet up when we recognize that being online is amazing, but people want to actually meet each other. We want to give each other real hugs and they don't want to wait the once a year they get to go to the boss mom retreat or things like that. And so that's when we, you know, the protecting of my, of the culture, that's when we had to say, Okay, well, if we're going to do this, then we really have to decide how are we going to create this culture and help train people who want to be hosts for us um, to actually uh, emulate this culture and perpetuate this culture locally. And so me and my team spent months talking about how meetings would be structured, how we would help uh, support hosts, how hosts would apply, what we need to know about them, um, what we would ask them to make sure that they're good candidates. And all of this. So when people join meetups and do things like that, and they think, you know, oh, I'm going to join this. It's going to be fun. This is this thing. And I'll just, you know, I'll just be this host or do this thing. We've spent like all people that have, you know, spend the time to really think through things. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out some of the nuances of it. So 
It's just uh, launched. Actually, we're in the thralls of launching it as we're recording this. So I'll have to report back to you whether or not we did a good job. But so far, we have about 40 women who are going to be hosts all over the world. And we're, yeah, we're super excited because taking it locally where people can give real hugs and real high fives is just uh, adding to the excitement of the movement and creating that personal touch. Real hugs. Real high fives. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And I know something else you're developing. Obviously, your brand is Boss Moms, but you've got something cooking for dads too. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So uh, ever since the beginning, when Boss Moms came out, I was like, ah, I also want to do Boss Dads. And we, you know, got the Boss Dad brand and trademarked and we have a logo for it. It's uh, super cute. The Boss Mom has like the heart and the money sign and the Boss Dad has the money sign and a house, like a home. So we, you know, we've got the, the logo and everything. And I just, we were trying to figure out how we would make it work because so many husbands of my Boss Moms were saying, I like the way Dana teaches. And also, there are no communities like this for dads, right? And since then, there have been some that have have come up that are like great spaces, but I'd like to think I do things uniquely. And so we weren't sure how to do it. So we've decided to start with the Boss Dad podcast because there are so many amazing dads that are... I think you know everybody always says... Yeah, so the moms do all the work and you know, happy mom, happy wife, happy life, which by the way, I do not like that phrase at all. I think the only way to have a happy life is to have a happy family, to have happiness where everybody is giving and compassionate and empathetic to each other. And if the only goal is to make one person happy in that household, then happiness is not something that's going to be achieved. So Bostad to me is making sure that we understand there's an other the other side to it. It's not just about supporting dads. It's also about helping to make sure boss moms realize that being in our bubble is not the only bubble you should be in. That you have spouses and you have husbands and you have brothers and you have dads and they all have lives and they all have really amazing things to teach us and that we don't want to just surround ourselves with the women who get us in this space that we're in right now as boss moms. We want to have a bigger ecosystem than that. So it's not just about supporting dads. It's about making sure everybody recognizes that the boss mom brand isn't just about uh, thinking we're the, we're the only people in the world. I love it. Absolutely love it. Dana, I wish we had more time to chat, but we are at time. But as you know, I like to wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question. And that is, what is your biggest helping? The single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after listening to our episode today? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that you have permission. You have permission. You're the only person that can give yourself permission to do whatever it is you want, to be whoever you want. And I think we spend so much time asking other people for permission that we don't live the fullness that we could be living. And if you just needed somebody today to tell you that you have permission, that it's okay to do what you want to do and to be who you want to be, and that was just the thing you needed to help you take the next step, I think that would be the biggest thing I could be helpful for today. Beautiful. Dana, where can people find you? 
Yeah. So boss-mom.com is where all of our fun stuff happens. You can find the podcast there. You can get to the Facebook group. You can get to all our amazing resources and all that fun stuff. That's probably the easiest place to go. Outstanding. And for those of you in the car, no worries. Everything Dana Malstaff will be linked in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com as well as in her episode on the Daily Helping app available in iTunes and Android stores. Well, Dana, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was fantastic having you here. Oh, I had an absolute blast. You asked great questions. Thanks so much. And I want to thank each and every one of you who tuned in to listen to this show today. If you liked what you heard, go subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the podcast. But most importantly, as ever, go out there today and do something. 